Well, daggum. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another Well Daggum podcast, where we like to talk to people and share their stories, so hopefully by the end of the podcast, you'll say, well, daggum, I learned something today. Um, going to start off and saying, uh, if you want to get up with us, if you want to talk to us, you want to be on the show, uh, hit us up at uh, at well Gum on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, at well Gum Pod. Uh, you can look us up on any of those and send us a message or write a comment or uh, say whatever you're thinking about us. If you hate it, uh, go ahead and say what you hate about it because uh, that'll get me some more people looking at it for whatever reason. Um, but hit us up. Let us know what's going on. Uh, if you want to be on the show, like I said, hit us up. Let me know, and I'll totally work it out. That you don't even have to come to my house. Uh, sorry, my studio. Uh, make it sound legit there for a second. <laughs> but I can uh, I can work it out to do things over the internet, over this wonderful uh, blessing of a of a contraption we have called the internet. Uh, I can rig it up to where we can share your story, to share it with the nines of tens of listeners that we have on the podcast. Um, so hit me up. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, today, we have a good friend of mine that I've met here recently, and uh, kind of enjoy his friendship because we only get to see each other on Sunday, so this is a good occasion to get to see each other again. And uh, But he's going to be sharing his story today. Uh, my good friend, Javon. How are you doing today, Javon? I'm doing very well, brother. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Glad to have you on, man. Um now, normally on the podcast, we have some people sharing about uh, their poop stories and or... <laughs> I got some of those too. Okay, well, maybe we'll record. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be a good one. Uh, but uh, today, Javon's actually going to share something that's near and dear to his heart, and it's his uh, journey on how he met Christ. Um for those of you that aren't uh, Christian listeners out there and stuff like that, this is going to be a Christian episode to an extent. Uh, but even if you're not a Christian, I would recommend listening to it because it's an awesome story uh, of Javon's life and what he's went through and what brought him to this point today that he's sitting here in my studio, uh, a.k.a. the teddy bear cave, uh, <laughs> sharing uh, sharing his uh, what's happening in his life and uh, the awesome things that are coming out of it. So... Um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, where does it start off for you, Javon? Well, I guess it starts off just by first saying that being able to speak about this and having a second opportunity out here in the streets mm-hmm. has really been my motivating factor in maintaining the faith. So before, I was never really faith-based. My mind kind of believed in God, but I really wasn't sure how to how to view it. I was raised up in gangs and I raised I was able to work my way up and be successful in that. Mm-hmm. Ended up being the leader of the gang of the city where I'm from. Right. And that comes with all of the things you can think of being connected to it. I got connected in with drugs with some pretty heavy people and kept connections with different leaders and dealers in different cities and states and countries. Right. And I uh, got started at a young age. At 14 is kind of when I got drafted in. It was uh, all my friends, I guess. The, the area is just kind of what I was used to. It's what i seen and it's what I naturally gravitated to. Yeah. So being involved in that up until about 19, yeah. 19 is when I had the wake-up call of a lifetime. Yeah. So I'm in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and got into an altercation 
with some people. I was there with some friends, and they had gotten into some prior altercations before mine. So they was interested in robbing people. Mm. So they was robbing people all over the beach. They ended up shooting two people. Yeah, along that process. So our minds were just completely and not a God state frame Mm. of mind. Right. We were just more about the gang and what's going to drive us to be better in the gang and yeah. get bigger and more successful. And my uh, my situation that I was involved in, though, on the beach was was an altercation with other tourists in which my ego, my pride at the time, wouldn't allow me to back down, wouldn't allow me to just turn the other cheek. And it got to the point where these people pulled out weapons on us but didn't use them. We had weapons and used them. So I personally shot three people, two intentionally and one with the ricochet bullet by mistake. Oh, man. Luckily, nobody died in any of them. One of the guys that I had personally shot, I shot three times in the chest, I believe. It was, and I don't mean to sound insensitive to it, back in those days i just really it didn't phase me yeah my mind wasn't in so much loving people because it was always a war type mentality and every day kind of looking looking how to get ahead and stay ahead and walk over anything that possibly got in your way i'm sure right and survival of the fittest i mean i wasn't always that brute it was something i definitely learned along the way my parents did the best that they could in raising me the right way but at the end of the day, in my situation, my friends and my environment is kind of what took over yeah. my judgments. Yeah. And it's what I gravitated to. Well, like you said, pulling in at 14, like that's an age when you're just figuring stuff out anyway. So when you and like a lot of kids now, like they jump into the cliques or they jump into the, you know, either they're a sports person which we used to call jock back in the day and like i'm sure it's probably still that i don't know the slang nowadays for high schoolers or whatever but like whatever you gravitated towards like i was i was considered a druggie growing up i I didn't do drugs but because i gravitated to those those guys those were my buddies and they would you know do pills all the time and they'd be smoking weed all the time and stuff so automatically people just assumed because I, I didn't really care about a lot of things. I didn't care about school. I didn't care about all that. So, like, uh, people would come to me and be like, hey, man, can you get me some Zannies? And I'm like, whoa, no. Like, I don't. No, that's not me. And they're like, yeah, whatever. But for real, can you get us some? And I'm like, no, man. <laughs> like, I don't do that. They're like, you're all the time, like, it's passed out, man. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm tired all the time. I'm like, I'm not doing drugs. And so, like, those people that you gravitate towards, I can see how that would pull you, which yours is much more severe instance compared to mine of course um which i find the more people i share with my little stories pale in comparison (laughs) (laughs) like with my wife and uh, my other friends and things so but yeah i could see how that would like mold you into becoming a little desensitized to that sort of thing because that's such a vulnerable age i think um so that so from the myrtle beach thing uh you you had the incident of the shooting and things like that. Uh, and then now I, I know a little bit more about it, but like what, what happened from that point? So, so, okay. So I guess also to add in there, the desensitizing 
phase in my life. When I was younger, I was always like the class clown. I was always real sociable. I was never used to having enemies just to show how quick the change in mind frame can be and how the pressures of a social group will definitely influence your train of thought. It wasn't until I joined the gang that I started having people actually not like me. Yeah. That was my first instances of rejection. And it was it was awkward at first, but it wasn't just regular rejection, it was hatred. So it it got to the point to where I was more involved and in tune with being hateful because it was also at that point a survival technique. Yeah. Because there there was moments even walking off the bus, you don't know if there's going to be people that's going to want to jump you mm-hmm. or attack you in any sort of way because now you're involved in something that that's just part of the lifestyle now, yeah. which isn't something I truly took into account when I joined. Right. For me, in the beginning, it was just to be a part of something. It wasn't to, to be cool or to look cool, yeah. which is the reason for most people joining gangs. Yeah. I actually wanted to contribute to something for a cause. Yeah. And... Uh, and okay so to answer your question now so my charges once they incarcerated me was five counts of intent to kill one count of armed robbery one count of grand theft auto and two possession of weapons one of which was a mac 11 so being incarcerated our bond was at over a million dollars we had caught the attention of cnn at the time in 2007 it was a very hopeless situation. God was never really in my mind as strong until that point. Yeah. I wish that in a way it didn't take my hard headedness for it to open up to that point. Yeah. But in the end it was definitely worth every single moment except the heartbreak of the victims. Oh yeah. In which I had caused at the time. Yeah, there's so many I know with a Christian walk, I mean I've had a Christian walk for a long time and I've had my ups and downs. Um but like uh I get what you're saying. Like, you don't want to take back what brought you to where you are now. Because I went through a lot of, I mean, like I said, pales in comparison to your story. <laughs> but I've went through a lot of heartache and I've went through a lot of bad decisions of thinking I was helping people and really hurt them, like, mentally. You know what I mean? I've really torn people down. And that was never my intent of things. But, you know, uh, sometimes we make decisions thinking we're making a good decision and it's going to tear other people's lives apart. So every time you think you're only dealing with yourself, as far as Christian walk goes, every time you think you're making a choice uh, that's not going to affect anyone, only yourself, it's still going to impact other people. In in this case, you know, it impacted people in a physical way, as opposed to a mental state. Well, I'm sure the mental state's probably there too. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, that's uh, they seem like they're really trying to throw the book at you, though. Oh, definitely. Whenever a a case, a criminal case gets on the news on any level, there's pressure on the judicial system to make an example of the criminal to appease the viewers. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely a no-win situation. I had 26 witnesses, including my co-defendants, that were against me. Oh, my gosh. Just in my case. Yeah. And in 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 a courtroom setting, you only need one witness. Yeah. That's all you need. Here they had a they plethora. Had, they had a plethora of them. I mean, they had the the guns. They had the residue. They had 
uh, my if you would see my motion of discovery, which is the evidence that they provide you with before you go to court, it was literally the size of a phone book. Ugh. And most paperwork is only no more than 10 to 15 pages. Right. Mine was hundreds. So literally throwing the book at me is what they did <laughs> yeah. with their evidence they had. Man. But um, so this struck my my curiosity more about God. Yeah. Mainly because I got to a point at that point is where you they say you find out where your true friends are. Yeah. Everybody I knew left me. My parents stuck with me. The only two that stuck with me 100% of the time, yeah. they stayed with me. Awesome. And uh, it may not since 14 years old up until that age, which was 19, to think a certain kind of way. And I didn't truly understand any other way besides that. Right. As hard as that might be to kind of like perceive, you know, you're in school and they always teach you, you can be anything you want to be. That never, I mean, I heard it, but I just, it never clicked. Yeah. I never realized how powerful choices actually affect a future because most gangbangers only live to see 25 anyways. Right. On average is what the statistic is. So an actual future and all that wasn't anything that I was ever really interested in. So, and I didn't, when all my friends left me, I just really started questioning, who am I? I've been loyal to this for so long. Was I even loyal to something that was of a cause, like why I initially joined in the first place? The only thing that they really did was started fighting about who's going to take over my rank and position. Yeah, That was the big confusion. Never once got a letter. Never once got any money. And it was heartbreaking, and it angered me. Yeah. So I, I was probably a little rough around the edges in my beginning stages of Christianity. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I, I suppose you could say. <laughs> and neither, and Christianity isn't the first place I really saw it. Right. Because seeking God, and there's so many religions and so many confusions, you, yeah. you automatically assume, am I following this genuinely? Or yeah. am I following this because it's been taught? And am I even aware to tell the difference? Right. Do I know who I am? Am I conscious of where I'm going? Yeah. And it was just a lot of thoughts I had to consider. Yeah. But I had nothing but time. And I was motivated <laughs> to find truth and life and a different path. And I finally got to the question with God. And I said, God, if you are real, you're the only one that can deliver me from this situation. Oh, yeah. And even if you don't, I'm willing to be loyal just as much to you as I was to the gang. Yeah. And I'm willing to put the energy and much more just teach me something new so along that path i was in the county jail for two years yeah. waiting for the the feds the federals fbi to come and pick up our case because they wanted to charge us in the federal courts and not the state courts oh, for the gun and the gang activity right they had me labeled as a terrorist because of the mannerisms of the crimes right it was that being told to me, which it was accurate, yeah. you know, it was an accurate statement and my parents never really raised me like that. So then it was just a bunch of questions like, how did he even get to this point? Right. And I uh, started reading a lot of books and going back to, I didn't just start off with Christianity. I started reading into the Buddhist religion, the right. Hindu religion. Islam is real big when you're incarcerated yeah. back there. Christianity is there. And everybody has their own intentions for wanting to see God. Most of the time, it's for a selfish reason if you're finding him in, in jail. Yeah. And most people that seek God don't keep God. 
right. when they're released because their intentions was just to see if they can get out of a situation. Right. And oddly enough, he'll still show grace and love and help you get out that situation just to show you how really he is. Sure enough. It'll be a seed that sticks in your head. Most <laughs> of the time, I've seen them come right back. Yeah. And it gives them time to rethink about it. So being in the incarceration for two years in the county jail, if you don't know what the county jail is and compared to prison, it's where you're at before you get sentenced on heavy crimes to go to prison or it's where you do shorter terms of a sentencing to do your time. So two years, they're they're trying to plea bargain me out to 60 years. If I go to trial, I'm, I'm facing the rest of my life. They have enough witnesses to give me the rest of my life. 30 years was the lowest that I personally heard. Somehow God blessed me with the one of the number one lawyers in the whole state wow. charging me cheaper than what my provided lawyer was asking. Oh, yeah. That was my first miracle. Huh. I started, uh, that caught my attention. I started venturing out into dreams, started venturing out into the prayers of healings because these supernatural things I've never really experienced intrigued me. And I was like, well, God, this, if there, if you are real, then this sounds like it would line right up with your type of character to yeah. do things that are outside of the physical possibilities. And oddly enough, I seen multiple people get healed. Awesome. Multiple miracles and dreams come about and... And to me, from being a gangbanger, thinking about selling drugs and and who am I going to fight for respect, seeing these things was just like my whole world turning upside down. I wanted to dig deeper and dig deeper. When you witness something like that powerful, like I've had instances in my life where I've experienced real things that nobody else would understand just like you saying that's probably confusing listeners and like what <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah like I've, i know what you're saying like i've witnessed things i've had dreams that come to be and like interpreted and stuff and just be like wow like god will do stuff if you allow him to come in and where you were broken and you were allowing him to come in to fix the pieces he was showing you powerful things but keep going that, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really getting into no, it man. go I'm ahead really and preach it brother you, it's good you got the word in you too man <laughs> yeah it, it's a foreign language for most people if they never experienced it right i mean but at the end of the day you have to question this is what do i have to gain personally by expressing my experiences yeah i mean i don't i'm not any sort of religious leader that i'm getting any financial gain right. i mean and i know that that's a question that a lot of people deal with with quote unquote organized religions right well all they want is the money right. well how about you go there and don't give them any money and yeah. see what sort of experience you can still receive out of it yeah you'll, you'll take a free it. hot dog from skyline go ahead and take a free service <laughs> take a free service you got absolutely nothing to lose <laughs> except your time That's if you right. consider that a loss <laughs> but learning was my number one goal at that point and the comparisons my first three years even though i was more way towards christianity i was in a mass confusion of trying to see god even though i was seeing miracles i was just like well god well the the muslims get miracles the buddhists believe in the metaphysical you know realms of impossibilities they're getting results and it took more diving deeper and deeper and deeper so then two years go past with these eight to nine charges that i have they called me in a court date that was supposed to be canceled out of all my co-defendants, I'm the only one that they did that to. Yeah. I believe in my heart that my lawyer had something to do with that, but ultimately God. So that way the media didn't show up to record the case. Yeah. 
you didn't have everybody out there nobody was there treat you like a yeah trying to throw you out like a martyr in a sense yeah so then this was my this was my make or break faith moment right here along with seeing people get healed along with seeing the dreams and stuff which was motivating but still you're facing that much time you still in the back of your head i'm wondering am i going to be able to survive doing the rest of my life in prison and to be honest since i still doubted god i was already planning an escape (laughs) i was like i am not gonna be here regardless but god already knows he's already pre-planning and when i finally made it to court my lawyer surprised me i i very rarely ever talked to my lawyer i was starting to question if we even invested the right money that's what sometimes we question are these even god's blessings that we're receiving and if so how do are we even using them correctly and god just showed up miraculously man he uh he, he came to me and he said if you sign this paper right now the courts will drop every single charge except for one i didn't understand why he yeah. didn't explain to me why <laughs> one of my co-defendants later explained to me why what ended up happening from what i do understand i didn't really question any of it so i don't deal <laughs> yeah whatever happened happened along the way i yeah. signed it like like my buddy said i signed it and received that like it was an oscar yeah like this is yeah <laughs> thank you this is the great i would like to thank everybody you know in the heavenly realms and yeah. so <laughs> So they dropped every single charge except for one count of intent to kill due to not one witness wanting to show up two years after the incident because they was all tourists. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. When you had everything stacked up against you and then all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden the tables turned. Yeah. That's, and in an instant. That's crazy, man. That Wow. That's so powerful. I mean, and I know we're dealing with some really serious subjects to an extent because, sorry, to an extent, I say that so much. I hear myself in my own podcast. I say that too much. Um, (laughs) That's just my (laughs) own little thing. Sorry. Um, But yeah, it it can be taken as so serious. And and because, I mean, it is, it's a serious thing. And um, then it's been years ago. um, But to have something so uh, impactful happen that way, and not just your life, but everyone around you at that time, to to finding this grace, uh, what we describe as grace, you know, um, of God uh, giving you giving you a way out to see what you're going to do with it for Him. I think, you know what I mean. Um, man, that's that's crazy for that to, <laughs> that to turn around uh, in just two years' time. And like, where where did you go from that then? Well, from there, so the type of plea that I that I had to sign off on was called an open plea. So I had the opportunity to either go home that same day or I was still at most facing 20 years. 20 years in comparison to the rest of my life, even though it was still intimidating, yeah, was a whole lot more worth it. Oh, yeah. I ended up signing, and it was at the judge's discretion with my lawyer's recommendation. Mm-hmm. So my lawyer recommended eight. And the judge accepted the eight. Wow. So I ended up, since I already did two years, I had six to go in the actual state prisons. Wow, man. So, And how old are you now? You're... I'm 30 right now. 30, okay. So you're not far off from me. I'm just a little bit older than you. Uh, So, wow, eight years, and it went down to six because of the two. That's almost unheard of, it feels like. You know what I mean? 
Yes, like, definitely. With everything stacked up against you that way in the, yeah. in the phone book worth of charges. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a, a, a eye-opening experience, man. Wow. That's crazy, man. I didn't even know how to how to talk. When I was so nervous getting in front of the judge. I was stuttering. Yeah. I couldn't believe. I was like, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing <laughs> <and> get, <laughs> any time at all. And yeah. it just worked out great, man. Yeah. God wow. just opened it up. So now here comes the prison experience. Yeah. So once I came over that, my mom gets diagnosed with mouth cancer. Oh, goodness. So... Not really knowing how to handle that because when you're locked up, you don't know if you're going to have loved ones when you get out. Right. You don't know if you're going to get out. Right. You don't know if something's going to happen and you get killed or if you're going to be placed in a situation where you have to defend yourself and you have to by self-defense. And and accidents happen all the time back there. Yeah. I've seen people do a 10-year sentence, a 20-year sentence, come within two weeks to a month of their sentence finishing and them finally going home. Yeah. And them dying, or them, or them killing somebody, yeah. and now they have to do another lifetime in prison, and it's it's not always an easy place to be at. So this was my first huge healing miracle. Now that I overcome that, God helped me overcome it. And I figured that it was going to be simple from here on out. I said, "Well, the hard part's over. Right now, I can just go on about my sentencing, go home, and." do the good thing <laughs> there you go that was my perception but yeah. god was like no you still got some things you got to work on yeah i still need to train you in something he does this with everybody sometimes we're aware of it sometimes we're not aware of it right. i've come to the place to learn from all the studying that i've done in all the different religions that if you're genuinely serious about knowing god you can start anywhere yeah he'll lead you along and find you and he'll bring you to the destination he wants you. You just have to be open-minded to it. Didn't mean to get too off track with oh, that. No, I good. felt you're like good, I man. had to say that part. <laughs> so I'm in my jail cell. I'm praying and I'm stressed out. I'm like, God, my mom's got mouth cancer. This is an incurable disease. No, science, modern sciences have no idea on how, how this works. So I'm praying and I and I feel God tell me, Write your mom and tell her that when she goes back to the doctor, the results are going to be negative. Now, for me, only two years, three years in the faith, that's a challenging thing to do, yeah. especially if you're wrong. Of yeah. course, that thought's going to come in your head. Well, what if I'm wrong? Yeah. Did I hear the thought right? I told God, I said, God, if, if I do this and the results don't come back, I'm going to doubt you. Everything that I've worked up to is going to go down the drain, even though you did save me from this. I love my mom. Her and my dad's the only ones that's been sticking through it with me. Yeah. But I, I built up the courage. I battled with the thought for about an hour, wrote my mom, and I told her, when you go back, the results are going to be negative. A week later, she wrote me back. She told me the results came back negative. Awesome. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I could. I mean, that was the the biggest healing miracle I've ever seen. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. That's, yeah, there's, there's so many times like that. And, and it takes being close to hear that voice. You know what I mean? Like to hear that voice, to know that God was saying, hey, do this. Uh, you know, and I've, I've got to be a part of that in my life when I was really close with God. And, and it's a daily keep up thing so um i know i uh I, i've heard an audible voice before 
telling me in my ear, like, hey, dude, do this. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I couldn't fight with it at the time. You know, it was like, all right, I'm down. I'm, I'm going in. So, yeah, I, I feel you. Like, that. that's awesome, though. I mean, a miracle of, like, stopping cancer. That's. <laughs> yeah, it's unheard of. Yeah. And That's especially intense. it's it's and I started wondering. I'm like, God, are you are you intentionally trying to stress me out now? I was like, <laughs> I mean, why can't you give me simple tests like turning the other cheek when someone cusses me out? It's yeah. like he's hitting me with these big ones, and I'm and I'm questioning. Well, is this even really? This is what Christian life is about, right? I'm like, man, this, <laughs> what good is this actually doing me? Yeah. And uh, it was just. Little by little, I guess I was a lot more rougher around the edges and not ready to come back in society than what I thought because some of the things that so when you're in prison, everybody's pretty much angry or depressed for the most part. There's not very much joy or happiness. Everyone's always trying to think of a way they can get over on you. And this along with having to battle those other stressors, like with my mom at the time, but later, you get that joy of happiness and that faith in God and people naturally try to bring you down. And living like that, even without having hardcore trials and tribulations in your face, really is just as depressing. Yeah, Living a lifestyle of constant negativity around you. But um, something that God also showed me along the way is how he protects us. Yeah. I never once got in a physical altercation with anybody. Right. While I was back there for the remainder of six years, I've seen people get their eyes stabbed out, seen people get stabbed in the neck, people die leaving on stretch and they're on stretchers. Never once. I came very close a couple times to getting in physical altercations and to getting in deathly physical altercations where there was knives involved. Yeah. Every time I got to that point, I would pray and I'd be like, God, I don't want to feel led to self-defend myself. And I would pray as honestly as I could. I'd be like, but God, if they do come against me in a way that I feel like I have to defend myself so I can see the streets again, so I can be in with and have my own family one day and have a future. Yeah then I'm going to have to. It's not that I want to offend you, but I don't know any other way. I'm not learned in any other way besides self-defense when it's going to come to this. And right before I would be face-to-face with this individual, he would have have the knife in his hand sometimes. One time I even had a guy tell me straight up, somebody paid me to stab you up. I had a hit on me while I was in prison. Yeah. But my enemy told me. Yeah. The guy that was supposed to do it <laughs> came to me and said, they're paying me to do this. Yeah. There was one time where the gangs, because I denounced it and I said, I'm walking a different road now. Yeah. They was plotting against me, but their own leader stopped him. Yeah. And said, let him be. Yeah. He's trying to do something different, yeah. which he later told. I didn't know that at the time because right. I was in the maximum dorm when I first got there yeah i didn't realize god's protection yeah and he said i should have just let them rob you and stab you up but (laughs) just to know how much god was involved and then i started noticing things because man god's good yeah even though he allows us to go through hard times his ultimate intention is to show us love yeah and for us to be able to understand that love and sometimes we don't understand that love until we go through hard times and we make it out right and sometimes our form of making it out isn't necessarily 
not having loss according to our own perception yeah but and what is ultimately the best for our character development yeah so i ended up noticing while i was in prison not ever being in an actual altercation that even the people that would want to get in altercations with me or even when they started speaking to me badly or gossiping about me the verse says no weapon formed against me shall prosper right. and every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned yeah i literally seen people starting getting sick mm. they would get shipped off to different prisons they would they would get in physical altercations with somebody else and get thrown in what's called lockup or the hole yeah. or get moved to a different dorm right. in the prison God would remove these people from me. Yeah. The obstacles that were coming up against you. Yeah. yeah the physical crazy. ones. Yeah. It is crazy. Just seeing thing after thing just come across you and be like, wow, you are taking care of me. <laughs> yeah. Like, dang, man. <laughs> I started, and I didn't catch it right away. I just kind of started noticing along the way. And one day I realized, dang, where's, where's all my enemies? Yeah. Where did they go? Right. That's powerful. Ultimately, I came to learn through trials and tribulations that God will allow the enemy to test us according to the extent that God sets the limits to. Yeah. Sometimes we'll feel like we'll feel like uncertainty and random acts of events are outside of God's control and is all in Satan's control. And whatever he does, he's allowed to just do against us. But yeah. biblically speaking, that's not how it works. Right. There's a process of God given permission yeah. and limitations on you can do this, but you can't do that. Yeah. And I would challenge anybody to actually read that and see that for themselves. Because it wasn't until I actually read it, read for myself that I was convinced because I would have pastors when I first started the faith yeah. tell me certain things. But I would later read and understand yeah. that it was not quite so. I wasn't really offended at that unless they was really arrogant about how they tried to defend their answer because some people just don't want to be wrong. They're not open-minded, and right. that's unattractive for the church yeah. to behave as if they actually know it all. Who yeah. can actually know everything in and, general? And that, seem, that seems to be the ones that, that people that, that want to turn away from Christ or turn away from the church, that's the ones they want to hang on to is the the loud ones and the loud ones seem to be the ones that are wrong all the time <laughs> you right. know what i mean like the squeaky wheel it always gets the grease and that's the ones the ones that give us a bad name yeah uh, uh partially so yeah I, I hear what you're saying on that <laughs> i've ran into those people too <laughs> yeah it's, and it's frustrating yeah because if you can't trust the because that's what it ends up coming down to the thought if you can't trust the the pastor that's preaching yeah what exactly can you trust right well, you need to trust your own experiences. You need to trust that God's involved in it. You need to, we need to do our own research. Yeah. And it's not going to be unless you actually apply time in yeah. your faith yeah. by doing those things that you're really going to reap the rewards of it. Right. You're going to really understand how God does his things. I mean, he gave us a book. Yeah. Some people say it's, well, it's man, man-made. It was handwritten. But so was any other book. Yeah. So was any science book. Yeah. So you still, at the end of the day, are forced with the decision to choose. Do you want to choose the book handwritten by man over here or handwritten by man over here? Yeah. Where are you going to place your faith? Because it's still faith-based regardless. We have absolutely no evidence of our own physical experimentations to say either or right. could be correct. you gotta, yeah. you got to find a Yeah, path. a lot of people that fight that stuff, they're not actual 
they don't have their PhD in science <laughs> right. or in one of those fields that are out there. You know, they're just like, well, it's science. And I was like, well, it's the Bible. I can say that too. Like, yeah, <laughs> business, not that cut and dry. Science. Right, yeah. <laughs> Man, this is powerful stuff. Uh, and for the, most of you listening, you know, I normally go about 20 minutes, but this stuff's going so good. I'm like, let's just keep rolling through. <laughs> All right, amen, man. Um but we are hitting a mark. It's getting pretty close there. Uh, let, let's bring it around to like uh, uh, maybe we can share some more stories another time too. Uh, but like what since you're since you've been out, uh, what is the things that God's calling you to to help others? As as soon as I got out, I feel like the main thing that He had in my heart was a righteous sort of gang mentality. So the main gang mentality, it's about unity. It's about love. So basically everybody has to be on the same accord. We have to be on the same level of thought and we have to move together. So when I was, before I got out, I started realizing and I was like, you know what? There's a lot of division. Why are there so many different sorts of denominations in Christianity? Now I'm 100% convinced that Jesus is, you know, there is no other way except for him. This is where he showed up in my life. But how do we bring the unity back to it? You have so many different types of levels of thought in it and, and levels of faith. And that has been a tricky process. But I feel that ultimately that God is leading me to speak when there's opportunity. Yeah. To help when there's opportunity to create opportunities to help and to just allow the process to take its own path yeah because we're not doing this just off of our own anyways you know right. god is leading us for those that can understand yeah. god is leading us along this life journey and but we have to always be ready to help and love at all times so right now that's where i feel like ultimately my focus is yeah is to just try to be as involved as i can and wherever i can help help awesome and love yeah well you never know maybe you'll be a televangelist someday and you'll <laughs> <laughs> you might you'll, see me on there you'll be asking people for uh, uh the blessing of a, a jet that god wants to give you and <laughs> <laughs> amen <laughs> but uh but no i appreciate you coming in man i appreciate you sharing this story i hope people found it as impactful as i do uh, i know i've heard this story before and or testimony i want to call it uh, and I actually uh, just made it up right before. I came awesome. <laughs> just <laughs> he, he did have a book written down of everything he was saying. No, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, hopefully we'll record some more with you, man, and get some more stories and maybe even a fun poop story here and there. Uh, I'm sure there were some good ones in prison. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, yeah, there are. That's a hot topic in prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, and, and maybe we'll go into this story more some another time when we record. Uh, but if you guys have something you want to hit up about this, uh, send me a message on the, the social medias that I was uh, talking about, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at WellDagumPod. Uh, if you have questions for Javon, uh, I can relay those to him. Um, and if you have similar, exper- similar experiences or, or things of that nature, Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Uh, I think it's super powerful. If you got something positive to say, let us know. If you got something negative to say, just let me know. Don't tell him. And uh, <laughs> I might try to find you. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, thanks for coming in, man. 
Thank you, brother, for having me. Um, yeah, dude, it's such a powerful story, and I love hearing it. Uh, I'm sure I'll hear it again sometime if we get to keep crossing each other's paths like we do, and uh, and we'll keep moving towards that. But hopefully you are going to say, well, daggum. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite the story. And uh, But, yeah, I reckon we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time, Javon, all right? All right, bro. Thank you for having me. Hey, man, thanks. All right.